Welcome to Mind of a Football Coach Podcast, episode number eight. We're going to talk a little bit about defense today. Uh, I'll put this podcast up on iTunes, on Buzzsprout, and my blog site, which is zachdavis24.blogspot.com. And if you visit that website, you'll see uh, an article that was written on September 8th, 2017, and it's titled Man to Man Ebook. Uh, that was written by me and Stephen Peeler, who is the defensive coordinator at Clover High School in South Carolina. Really, really good coach. Uh, guy that I've actually never met face to face. It's funny how Twitter world and blog world and website world works where you can get somebody's phone number and text with them and have never actually met them uh, face-to-face. So that's that's kind of the world we're in these days, right, with social media and all these other different avenues we have to connect with people. You know, email is a, is a great thing, but it, it feels like a dinosaur some days where we, that's, what, that's what old people use and younger people are using, using different things. I, I know I'm in my classroom – I'll have my, my kids sign up for an email for uh, different assignments so they can email me something or they can sign up for a website we use. And they're like, well, I don't, I don't have an email. <laughs> and, you know, these are kids that are on their phone, their iPad, and, uh, you know, their, their laptop, if they have one, or their desktop at home. And, you know, they're, they, they tell me I don't have an email. Well, that's, that's funny. <laughs> You know, this is a digital age. You think everybody would, but uh, you know, they use different social media avenues to to do that. But you know, having an email is something that is definitely necessary this this day and age. And that's a little bit of a little tangent on that. But Steve and I have uh, have emailed back and forth. We texted back and forth, and we put together this uh, this ebook. Uh, there's a link to it on my my blog site, zachdavis24.blogspot.com. And please feel free to. Send comments and questions to mind of a football coach at gmail.com. Uh, today's article, she's wow, today's article, today's podcast, we're going to reference uh, an article that I, that I wrote on July 22nd, uh, 2017, titled, What Defense Should We Run? And, uh, you know, as a, as a player, I was never really involved on the defensive side of the football. I was an offensive lineman and uh, I played a little bit of defensive line, not much. Uh, my The high school I graduated from, Trinity Christian Academy in, in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, we were able to, to play guys one way mostly. I uh, played center, uh, you know, was a, was a decent high school football player, got a scholarship to play at East Carolina University, then transferred to Liberty University, uh, you know, played some O-line, got the letter for four years, got the start for one year. That was cool. Uh, you know, now I'm a, I'm a runner, so I'm kind of a skinny guy. So that feels like a, a lifetime ago. But, you know, my playing career was spent on the offensive side of the football. And, uh, you know, I always thought when I, when I went into coaching, because I knew I wanted to coach since I was in, in middle school, I was that kid. Uh, in church, drawing offensive plays on, 
you know, the church bulletin or if I've been sitting in class in high school or college, sit with my pen and I'm, I'm drawing uh, plays on my, my notes, on pieces of paper, wherever I can find. But it was always offensive plays. I never was a defensive guy uh, growing up. I was always trying to figure out how to beat the defense and what scheme, what personnel uh, to use. And uh, when I got out of college, I got a job teaching and coaching at a private school down in Jacksonville. And I was coaching offensive line. Uh, and I was doing the weights. I love the, the process of training the body, the weight room. And then uh, I got a different job uh, teaching and coaching offensive line at a large high school in the Jacksonville uh, area in Orange Park, Florida, Orange Park High School. And then, uh, you know, due to budget cuts, um, declining student enrollment, because they had just opened a new school down the road, uh, my job was cut, so I was looking for looking for a job and a good friend of mine, Ryan Keith, uh, offered me a chance to be uh, the defensive coordinator at Eagles View Academy in Jacksonville, Florida. And I, he got me a teaching job there as well. And uh, that's what started my journey to the dark side as we talk about, that's, that's what we call the defense in our, our football program, you know, the dark side. Um, and, and I've never wanted to go back to coaching offense. I love coaching defense now as a head coach. I think you have to be involved in everything. But I love defense. I love defensive philosophy, you know, drills, uh, defensive structure, um, watching opposing teams' offense. And I just I just love the the preparation of getting your defense ready to play um, for practice and then for games and even for you know, for seven on, on sevens. And I, I think it was beneficial for me to be a offensive player my entire career, then go to the other side of the ball as a coach. And you see that in a lot of, a lot of coaches that they were, you know, a quarterback or they were a running back and they end up being an offensive line coach or a defensive coordinator or a guy who played defense their whole career ends up being an offensive coordinator because, you, know, you understand what gives the other side of the ball trouble. Uh, I played offense my entire career, and then now being a head coach, but you know, being more on the defensive side of the football, uh, you understand what what gives an offense problems, and you also understand how blocking schemes work, how route concepts work. So, you know, when you're doing things like I still draw all the offensive scout cards for our our program. I love doing that. I love having. A sheet of paper and a pen. I don't use the huddle scout cards. I don't do it digitally. I love just the feeling of drawing that play out and then knowing how they're going to block our different fronts and movements because that's what I played. You know, being able to, to understand what's going on on the other side of the ball is just as important as coaching your position, uh, your side of the football because you know football – early in the year or in the summer is about teaching your defense, defensive structure, responsibilities. Um, but then as you get into the season, you're teaching your defensive players offense. You're teaching them what an offense is trying to do. Uh, what does this read mean that you should do? We always talk about, you know, alignment, assignment, right? Um, that's the two big things for us. You align correctly, you know, your assignment and you go attack, um, you know, read, read your keys, trust your eyes. 
always talk about having great eyes. You know, even, you know, we won last Friday night. Uh, we're 2-1 this year. It's awesome. Uh, and I, I'm going through the film on, on Saturday, and uh, the comment I put the most to the defensive backs, that's, that's the position I coach, is eyes. It's all about your eyes. And you can see when their eyes are wrong, and when their eyes are right, they're good. When their eyes are bad, they're bad. And uh, it's important that our, we, we know <coughs> excuse me, what we're trying to get out of our position group. Um, you know, we do a, a turnover circuit, and that's the only circuit we do as a, as a defense. Because, you know, tackling for me, you know, for my defensive backs is far different than tackling for a defensive lineman or even a linebacker. Our tackling drills are different in, I know guys do tackling circuits and that's cool. That's fine. Uh, people do that, but that's, that's not us. I, I don't want to waste time <clears throat> doing a, a circuit and having guys moving around and, you know, get running from station to station. I'd rather than just be in our drill and, or in our, in our individual group and getting work in and, and knowing how to, how to function. Excuse me, tickle, a little tickle in the throat. But, you know, as we get into talking about scheme, you know, it's important that we know how, we, how to coach our guys, what are the, the fundamentals. And I think, you know, football now is, is uh, you know, is a game of space that, you know, you see the wing T teams and the pro style teams and, you know, maybe some wishbone or single wing where you're at. But the large majority of teams are trying to put uh, your players in space, put them in conflict, run past options. And that has definitely shaped uh, my philosophy on defense. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's important that you know, you know, I, I hear guys say, you know, I'm, I'm in this scheme, I'm a 4-3, I'm a 4-2-5, I'm a 3-4, what have you. Excuse me. But I think it's important that, uh, you know, you're able to adapt your scheme to your players. That, you know, I've seen guys say, I'm a 3-4 guy, that's all I know, that's all I do, or a 3-3 or a 4-3. And, you know, that's great until you don't have the personnel to do it. <laughs> um, you know, then you look foolish because you're trying to stick a kid that probably should be playing D-line at linebacker level or opposite, right? Trying to stick a kid on defensive line that should be playing at linebacker depth. But I just, I, I think you have to adapt your scheme to fit your, to fit your young men. Um, you know, don't be afraid to change your scheme during the season if need be. I, in 2000, golly, what year was that? 2014, um, I was coaching down in Georgia. We changed our defensive scheme uh, not once, but twice um, well, excuse me, three times during the season. Now, we the coverages and concepts stayed relatively the same, but the front changed because we had just gone 13-1 and the year before, and we lost a ton of people to graduation, and we didn't know what we had. You know, I, I think practice is great. I think it's the most important part of your week as far as preparing for a game. But you can beat up the scout team in about any defense. The stand-up, the 10-1, the 46, the 34, the 43. Uh, so it's hard to understand what exactly your guys can do 
against good competition. I know for us it's a struggle to find good competition on the scout team. Um, but, you know, it's important that you get some action against other other teams because, you know, in scrimmages or maybe, you know, some co-practices or things of that nature during the summer and the spring. So your guys, uh, know, you see how your guys will perform versus people that are, that are good, you know, and you got to, you got to fit your players uh, to that. So in 2014, we went through a couple of different defensive fronts some coverages, uh, started that year, a whopping Oh, and six. Now in Georgia, you have region games, which are the games that count towards your playoff eligibility. And there's games that don't. So we only had four region games. So our first six games were against teams that were really, really good. I'm talking uh, all six made the playoffs and like something ridiculous, like four of the six made the semifinals of their classification. And all but one, two of those six teams were in classifications higher than us. Some of them were three or four classifications higher than us. And then we, you know, we tinker with our defense, get it right for our region play. And we ended up finishing the year four and six, went four in a row. Then we ended up going all the way to the state championship game. Uh, wild year. It was crazy. Starting over six and playing in the Georgia Dome was quite an experience. Um, and that was really, really cool to see our team stick together. And it really molded me as a coach to see, you know, how do you keep a group of guys together when you may be playing as good as you can play? But the other team just has better dudes. They have better people. And, um, you know, we were playing guys that there's one team had a guy that's at Georgia now playing tailback. Another team has a wide receiver at Tennessee. And there were many, many guys like that, Division One guys all over the place. But, you know, can you uh, mold your scheme to give your guys the best chance to be successful? Um you know, some nights success is measured a little, a little differently. You know, obviously we all want to win every game, but um, that's not going to happen. It doesn't happen. You know, Urban Meyer until last night, I think, was something like 62-6 and six at Ohio State. And they lost last night to Oklahoma. Um, you know, I don't know what they're thinking or what he's thinking, but you're not going to win every game. That's just not feasible. So you need to be in something that helps your kids have a chance to compete at the highest level. And, you know, I, I think you can have many different fronts. I think that that's, you know, fit it to how you want your guys to, excuse me, what type of guys you have and what you want them to do. But one thing that I'm, I'm really, I'm really a, a stickler on now is I'm a man to man guy in the secondary um, for a number of reasons. One, there's no run pass conflict. All the RPOs you see today, you know, they don't hurt man to man. You know, we're, we're man now. Granted, we have to make sure our eyes are always right. And number two, simple teaching: you have that dude wherever he goes. Now we can have some different jet motion adjustments, things of that nature. Um, but you know, the base way is he goes in motion, you go in motion. You know, and go behind the linebackers, go get him. Um, that's it's simple. Allows us to get a lot of reps in that. Uh, the offense cannot overload you. you know, we teach our guys that you know. 1 through 49, and then 80 through 99 are all eligible numbers, and we need to cover the eligible numbers, and it helps prevent against overload formations um, and things of that nature. So then uh, number four, sets the tone for your program. I know when when I got here, all everybody had really ever ran in the middle school feeders, and high school was cover three. 
it's cover three, don't get me deep, but give up 70 points a game. You know, that was what, that's what was happening. Um, and we came in and we changed it to man-to-man. And, and, of course, people were like, what the heck? That's crazy. Why would you do that? It's risky. Well, we've played the best defense for the past, you know, two years that's been played around here in a long, long, long time. Uh, and it's because it instills confidence in our guys. Like, you're as good as those guys. Let's go. Play man-to-man. Teach them how to play technique. And, and let's go get it. And then, you know, finally, it takes away space. Uh, you know, my defensive coordinator and I talk a lot about you can get burned to man, or you can get burned to cover three. You can get burned to cover two. Uh, you can get burned to quarters. Um, if that guy's that much faster than you, he's going to run by you. Now, I, I think that you know if you if you think that guy's fast and you want to play eight yards off, well, that's nice. He gets a free release, and once he catches you at eight, he's still going to run by you. Um, you know, and what I like about playing press man is you make the guy that runs the four four, the four five, whatever speed you're seeing you make him have to work technique at the snap he he can't just get a free release and start running um he's got to be a corner who has been repped at press technique man to man in our case since they walk in the door here that's what they work at corners press technique man to man foot fire step replace offhand jam um and we get really good at doing that uh, now do we get beat sometimes yeah but, but you get beaten any coverage you want to draw up um you know, so I think that you know, cover one, cover zero, uh, those are great things to give you a chance against what offenses are trying to do today. You know, they're trying to put you in conflict. They're trying to um, put guys in space, right? These I was watching TCU play Arkansas yesterday, and TCU's receivers are well, both of them they're in a two by two set uh, were at or outside the numbers to the boundary and the field. You know, they're trying to stretch that zone defense out so you have these huge holes to throw the football or you have a really light box to defend the run. Um, you know, I just think man-to-man, cover one, cover zero is the, the way to go there. Um, I've had played some press quarters, some Michigan State press quarters. That's basically man-to-man. That's basically cover zero. People talk about quarters as safe. Well, not really. I mean, if those receivers all run vertical, you're man-to-man with no post help. Um, you know, and that's especially versus RPO, you know, inside zone bubble, that safety screaming down for the bubble. And then if that ball breaks past the second level, it's probably a touchdown, you know, because there's not a safety back there. Um, but hey, that's the gamble you got to take. Sometimes you got to take gambles. I've, we've played press quarters, we've played cover zero, we've played cover one. Shoot, we've played cover zero an entire game and won multiple games, many games doing that. Um, you know, it just depends on what you believe and what you what you want to teach. Um, you know, so as we, we go forward uh, this season, I want to do a couple more podcasts on different schemes, different things I've we've been doing or I've seen people do, and also put some philosophy behind it, like I do try to do in every every podcast. So I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening, and hope you have a great rest of the season.